Blessings, this is Pastor Larry Inclan with Living 412. We want to welcome you to the first program of the new year, 2022. Uh, we're definitely excited about what 2022 has in store, and we are ready to, to get started here. And, uh, we have uh, my wife, Sarita Inclan, with us. Hi, God bless. We also have uh, Brother Daquan Dennis, who hasn't sat in with us for a couple of weeks, but we got him today. Say hello, Daquan. Yeah, man. Busy B. Busy B. For those of you that don't know, this man, this young man is extremely uh, gifted and talented, and uh, he's using his gifts uh, for uh, for many reasons, not only uh, to share with the world, but I believe he's also the Lord's guiding him towards mentoring uh, young people and um, sharing his gifts and talents that God's given him with, with others and uh, not just keeping it to himself, which is what we're supposed to do. So uh, if you know anyone that's interested in classes for music, um, what are the ones you teach? Piano? Piano, guitar, drums. Drums. Piano, guitar, and drums. So that's a unofficial announcement, but you could officially you know, contact us if you're interested. Um, he will take very, very good care of you and your children. So it's not limited to to uh, a, a child or, an, uh, or a teenager. Adults, I mean, anybody adults, anybody. I'm considering taking some lessons. <laughs> but it's just making the time. But, um, yeah, so we're excited about today. Uh, we didn't uh, get together for the last week of the new year. It was just so hectic. It was very crazy. So we missed the last farewell program of 2021. But we're back at it, and we want to jump right in. We're going to talk about Mark... Uh, the book of Mark, chapter 2, verses about 18 to 22. And uh, it's something that the Lord's been putting uh, pretty heavily in our hearts. Um, we actually saw a message from Pastor uh, Ben, what's his last name? Pastor Prescott. Ben Prescott from uh, Orange County Free Chapel, which was pretty amazing. We saw a movie on Netflix called The Shack extremely amazing highly recommended that's another unofficial unpaid for announcement but it's very good a great family movie get get your tissues ready did you see it daquan don't plug don't uh don't spoil it for me oh, don't, oh you gotta see it you gotta see it it's a great movie it's recommended for the family it's a little uh it's a little tough to swallow it's like ooh, but it's god working believe me so watch that if you get a chance what i love is that it it was just like that plus the pastor from uh, Orange County Free Chapel, his preaching. It's just plus a combination. Our, your preaching, plus before you even preached, we got together and we were sitting and we were talking. So it's just been confirmation as Not to what mention, God has been. I came through with a unrelated conversation that tied into the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's and just it's been back to back. Yeah, it's just what God it seems to me like this is what God is trying to teach us for the for the coming year to start getting into practice and then moving, you know, moving, moving us deeper into these um, characteristics of God. It's yeah, really so what it is. So it's just it's exciting to share with you guys today. And then the best part is, you know, like my wife said, it's 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 already the new year. I posted something on our we use a band app to keep in touch with, you know, our small community of believers that we have right mm -hmm. and um on the band app the little meme or post that i put it was there's 12 chapters to this year consider each month a chapter but there's 365 pages and it's up to us to write each day 
obviously we know that God is the author, but we are the ones that allow him to intervene in our lives. We are the ones that will say, yes, I'll let you take the wheel or we won't. Mm -hmm. We're either going to write the page the way we want to, or we're going to write that page for today according to God's will. And that is extremely important. What do you want? Is it your way or his way? So Mark 22, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 2, it talks about a couple of different things. It talks about Jesus forgiving and healing a, a paralyzed man. There's also a section where he calls Levi, which later on we know as Matthew. Um, he eats with sinners. Um, he's questioned about fasting. And then he is also um, on record saying that he is the Sabbath because mm -hmm. a lot of people kept getting at him saying, why are you healing on the Sabbath? Why are you doing this on the Sabbath? You know, they're trying to put pin him against the laws that they had. Right. And and we've talked about it in the last few weeks where Jesus doesn't care about his religious thinking. He's there to say, listen, you keep trying to come at me with all your religious nonsense. And I'm, you know, paraphrasing. I'm not saying specifically, but he is saying you're more concerned about your religious customs than to heal somebody that needs healing just because it's the Sabbath. So what, you're going to let this person die or you're not going to fix this person or you're not going to help. But yet you hypocrites, do you not tend to your sheep? Do you not feed your cattle? Do you not go get water if you need water? What's the difference? Well, you, the people's more important yeah. than what you're trying to come at me with. So, you know, he's just saying, you know, come at me, bro. The difference <laughs> is selfishness, really. It's the if selfishness. If it benefits yourself, then you're all for it. But if it benefits somebody else, then it's like, oh, well, no, nah, I don't got time for Isn't it. that religion? Mm. I ain't say it. Isn't that religion? <laughs> right? You want to you want to pin religion against people instead of a relationship with Jesus. So he's saying I'm not here to try to say that all oh, your laws are not good or not working or this and that, but clearly you needed a savior. Clearly you needed me to come down from my throne to come and show you how to live this life because all your 600 and something laws that you start learning as a child are still not leading you to have the heart that you're supposed to have after God. Right. And that's what he's trying to teach us. So, they're mad at him because they're like, wait a minute. Why is he over there sitting with the sinners? They're mad at him because he's healing on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. the, you know, so they're trying to use anything against him. And then they come at him with a question. John says on, in verse 18 that John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but you are not, but yours are not? So they're trying to compare now. Hey. All these religious folks, they're fasting. How come your disciples aren't fasting? So there, to me, it's like, wait a minute. Why are your eyes busy doing a comparison about our lives? And don't we do that? Hey, how come he's got a better car than I do? How come he's got a better house? How come he's got a better job or a better position? And we start looking at other people's situation instead of looking at or staying focused on ours. Mm -hmm. So he's stopping them saying, I don't need you to be comparing. And he re replies to them with three answers, three different forms um, of him being uh, respectful, 
tactful, but at the same time, teaching them with stuff that they know. You could maybe call it kind of like a parable, right? But Jesus says, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast when he's with them? So for us, we might not understand that, right? But a bridegroom is the husband. So he's telling them, why would the bridegroom fast when he's with them? In another version, it says, why would the bridegroom uh, mourn with them or be with them? In those customs back then, it was Jewish tradition that when a husband and wife were going to get married, they would fast on that day. It's a, it's, it's a nice custom, something nice to do, right? Very uh, customary, right, for them. But was it religious? Or was it because they felt it out of their heart? You know, a, a lot of times we're being told to fast on this day or, or, or on this way or because of this. But it's something that has to come from you and God, your relationship. Like, I'm struggling with something, Lord. I need some answers. I think I'm going to go into some fasting. Not just because I said, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to fast. We have, for example, a tradition that we've started and we want to adapt. And we like to fast from the 10th of January to the 31st, 21 days of fast, to start out the year. But it's not something that someone told us to do. It's something we felt in our heart, hey, we want to start the year that way. We want to we want the Lord's guidance and, you know, we could have a great year. We could have a bad year. We don't know, but we want to be prepared spiritually for whatever's going to be thrown at us. Intent. Right. Exactly. Being intentional and say, OK, let's let's submit to prayer. So that's not something that we're forcing on anyone or asking everybody to to do. We say, hey, this is what we're doing. You're welcome to join us. Right. So he tells them. They should not have to worry or they should not have to um, fast. I'm still with them. Right. But then he goes on. And he says there's going to be a time when the bridegroom's going to go away and it's going to be taken from them. And on that day, they, they will fast. So one of the things that the scriptures teaches is that we as a people or as a church are considered the bride. So he's doing the comparison of I am with them now, with my bride, there's no reason for them to feel the need to have to fast. I'm with them. I'm not. But when I leave, they're going to need to fast. They're going to need to seek for answers. And then, you know, later on, we know that he says, I'm leaving a counselor, which is the Holy Spirit. He gives the next re response in verse 21. He says, no one sews a patch of unshrunken cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear even worse. So that's like, Lord, first you're talking about a, a bridegroom, and now you're talking about sewing patches on a, on a shirt or on a garment. What are you talking about? So I gave a comparison in, in service where my sweaters – Right. I have sweaters, nice sweaters. And I, when I'm at work, I put my elbows on my desk and it has sharp edges. So after a while, after, you know, many or a couple of years of using it and putting my elbows on the table, I've created holes on the bottom of my elbows, you know, like on the sweater. Mm -hmm. But I like this sweater. So I still have them. As a matter of fact, I could even send pictures if anybody wants to see. 
I like the sweater. It's a nice zip-up sweater. Nice color. I got one in blue, got one in gray, and they both have holes on the elbow. Hmm. So I'm like, man, I should get one of those like leather patches, put a patch on the elbow. I think it still look kind of cool. It'll look nice. The problem is it's not only just having a hole on the bottom of it. The surrounding area is still weak. The threading is already coming apart. It's not just a perfect hole. The surrounding area is still weak. So I can put a patch, but that's only temporary. Hmm. That's only that's not fixing the issue. I know you see where I'm going with this, where he was going with this. Sorry. But he gives another example. He's like, in case you don't get my first two examples, here's the third. No one pours new wine into an old wineskin. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. And he says, no, they pour new wine into new wineskins. So for those of you that don't know, I had to do a little research on this just to give you a quick background. Back then, they didn't have the bottles like we do now. They had poured the wine into wine into wineskins that were made out of animal material, animal skins. And in the process of making wine, when you're using the grapes and you're putting the yeast in, it creates a chemical reaction that expands air in the content of whatever you're using. Mm. So if you're using a pouch out of, of let's say, goat skin, lamb skin, whatever it is, as it's releasing that air, it's blowing it up. The more it's blown up, the softer the skin is getting. It's getting brittle. It's getting used. You do that a couple times, it's going to get messed up. It's going to burst, and you're wasting your wine. You wasted the skin. Garbage. Ruined. And I, I told him yesterday, it's compared to, um, you know, some people do canning at home. They can make jelly, sauerkraut, all different types of stuff at home. But it's the same thing. If you don't use the right jar, even if it's a mason jar that looks thick and you don't use that properly or the right lid, that thing will pop. It'll break and it'll shatter. Hmm. So what's the Lord trying to tell us with all these three examples? Like, first of all, stop comparing your life to others. Stop comparing their life, you know, their dis John's disciples and the Pharisees to my disciples. I'm with them right now. The other thing is no one needs to see when you're fasting. We shouldn't go around boasting and telling everybody, hey, I'm fasting. I can't eat that right now. If it slips out, okay, but not purposely to make you look higher or holier or anything like that. That's something personal between you and God. I'm not saying it's wrong. But at this point, that's the law of the land. It's pretty much where everybody needs to see everything you're doing all the time. And the the issue that, you know, everybody falls into, especially in the social media era, is the fact that, you know, we got to make the comparisons. We have to. If we're not doing what they're doing, then we're not doing enough. Yeah, keeping up with the Joneses type of thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then that's where social media, you know, basic, basically just, like, messes us up mentally. But this goes to show you that social media is just another way of being put under a microscope. A microscope. Yeah. But really, this, it's been happening. this story goes to show you that it's been happening even in Jesus' time. Yeah. Where the Pharisees were putting everyone under a microscope. Their microscope. Correct. Yep. To try and see who was doing what. And this is what we were talking about in the last conversation that we had 
on the radio where, you know, you shouldn't be doing what these Pharisees were doing, which was looking around in the world and saying, all right, well, as long as I'm doing things for God so that I don't look like the world, then that means I'm golden. That Mm -hmm. means I'm a son of God. I'm doing things right. And we learned last time that it's really what we're supposed to be doing is focusing on God and comparing ourselves to Jesus so that we are making sure that we're doing things according to look like him, to look like him, not to not to say, I don't want to look like the world. I want to look like Jesus. If you're focused on looking like Jesus, then all the rest is really not going to be, you know, a big deal. So leaving, you know, leaving that aside, right now we're dealing with this story of the of them looking at Jesus and saying, and looking at the disciples and saying, what, why aren't they fasting? Why aren't they doing all the stuff that we were taught to do that we're supposed to be doing? Why yeah. is that? And if you are giving this example of how they're not following through it goes it it ties together with what we're doing or should i say what we have done as christians all along which is looking at everybody and and trying to say you you're supposed to look this way you're supposed to act this way you're supposed to talk this way and if you're not then then you're doing it wrong you're doing it wrong yeah yeah and that's a that I feel like that's like a really big um, problem because it, it everybody God deals with everyone differently, differently. Mm-hmm. and I feel like when Jesus said to them, you know, I'm here with them right now, it was because he was he was letting the Pharisees know, listen, I'm connected to them at all times. I'm teaching them <laughs> directly at all times. <laughs> and if you really look at the stories and how he dealt with each one, he dealt with them each one differently. He dealt with yeah. Peter a certain way. He dealt yep. with all of them, all of them a certain way. And so it's interesting to me how uh, Jesus is, is letting them know, listen, this this right here, what's happening right now, is they just – I'm, I'm, it's sort of like what we were hearing in that message where I'm connected to them right now. Mm-hmm. I'm connected, we're, we're yeah. I'm connected, I'm directly connected to them right now. There's going to come a point where I'm not Disconnect, going to being dismembered is yeah, what he said. I'm not yeah. going to be uh, close to them like I am right now. Yeah. And they're going to need to fast so that they can stay close to me and stay connected to mm-hmm. me. But right now, I'm here, I'm here with them. Yeah, and if you think about it, the question was, I'm sorry, it was a dumb question on their behalf. <laughs> like, how come they don't fast, you know, like like the Pharisees' disciples and John's disciples? Like, do you know who you're asking? This is the Son of God. This is God in the flesh. So who's he gonna, who are they going to fast to, the one that's standing next to him? But that's the key right there, Pastor. <laughs> they that's didn't recognize who he that's was. the key right there. They didn't know. Yeah. The knowing part, and that's the message that, that we, we were listening to, to yeah. and that's what we've been talking about, the knowing part. And if you if you remember, he said the same to the Samaritan woman yeah. by the well. Yeah, if you knew if who you were asking to drink. If you knew who you were asking. Yeah. If you knew, and, and, and 
And I remember, it's interesting because he said to her in that story, for, uh, what does it say, everyone who drinks, sir, give me this water. And, and he says, there, there, there is a time, he says, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. Yeah. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For sal- salvation is from the Jews. <laughs> and, and, and he's talking about these Jews, which is the Pharisees. The Pharisees know. They know. They worship what they know because they've been taught since they were young. He said, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must, must worship in the spirit and in truth. God is spirit. So that means that the fact that Jesus was with his disciples at the time, he's like, Dave, there's no need for that spirit. There's no need for that Holy Spirit that's going to, they're going to need to connect to to me through fasting, through prayer, through reading of the word. Because I'm here right now, you know. When he's gone, he leaves in the spirit. But because of the fact that they didn't know this, they didn't connect the, the, what they've been learning since they were kids, being Jews, that they've been learning since they were children about the prophecies and about Jesus's coming because of the fact that they didn't know, they learned everything for practice purposes, for the sake of religion. tradition, yeah. for the sake of religion, for the sake of practicing. And that is a huge mistake that a lot of us make as Christians. We get very conformed to practices, yeah. to traditions, to religious things, to religious acts. And we forget the importance and the depth of relationship. Of, of knowing who he is. Because, rela- yeah, relationship yeah. means you know. You get to know someone on an intimate level. You get to know them deeply. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like, let's say with Daquan. We met Daquan, uh, what, five years ago? Yeah. About? Right About five. Time. We met him, but we didn't get to know him until like the last two years i would say maybe three we started to get to know him more intimately and i think even more in the last year and a half and how do you get to know someone more intimately you have to spend time with them just like they were you know so i it it would have been unfair of me to say something about daquan not knowing who he is to judge him right but instead that's what they were doing Mm -hmm. you know and it's easy to look at the outside and see people's conditions. I'll give you an example. There's a young man that we know that's struggling with drug addiction, mm-hmm. that's struggling um, with getting his life together, and this is for many years. And what do you do at that moment? Do you not help because, oh, they don't want to help themselves? Do you not try to bless them because you're afraid that whatever you bless them with, they're going to s- blow it away on drugs or alcohol or whatever it is that they're hooked on? Or do you say, Lord, it's not up to me 
to decide what he's going to do or prejudge him based on his past. All I can do is be obedient to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, you're asking me to bless him. I'm going to bless him. Instead of thinking, you know what? He should do this. He should do that. Why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't he do That's not up to me. My prayers is, Lord, touch him. Help him see that you are still there. Allow me to be a vessel to remind him that he still is loved, regardless of all his imperfections, regardless of everything that he's going through. It doesn't matter where, where he is in his life. He can change. And that is the one thing that the this scripture is telling us here that these guys didn't look at that. They only compared their life with someone else's life. They're expecting Levi or 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 the rest of the disciples, right? Matthew, you know, Levi becomes Matthew, but they're expecting these guys to do and follow customs that they've been following for such a long time. They're just learning to walk with Jesus. He was only with them for three years. So your your expectations of these guys are so high for a man for them to do something that you don't even believe in who they're with. You don't believe that this man, Jesus, that's with these disciples, you don't believe that he's the Messiah, but yet you're expecting of them even higher. So what is it? Make up your mind. Do you either believe that this is the Messiah? Or if you don't believe in him, why are your expectations of his disciples so great? Are you being hypocrites yet again? They're learning to walk like it would be unfair for like, let's say, again, I'll bring I always like to use Daquan as an example, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> right. It would be unfair for me to expect Daquan to think like an Inclan if he's only learning how the Inclan family thinks. It would be unfair. But as he goes sharing time with us, as he goes um, growing with us, then he can see, you know what? Maybe I should do this because this is what they like to do. They maybe they, they enjoy watching a movie on Sunday or they enjoy sitting at the table together. Those little things that maybe we don't have to tell him that's we do. That's what we do. He'll see it on his own. Then going back to the scripture. He's trying to tell them you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. Those old traditions that they are trying to enforce on people. He's like, that's not going to work. Every vessel is different. Like you were saying, every wineskin has a different amount of pressure that it's going to take because if it's made out of natural skin, it's not manufactured in a lab like a glass bottle. It's manufactured by hand from the skin of an animal which could be different. So the amount of pressure that I put in that container or that wineskin might not be the ne the same for the next one. So the same pressure that I try to put on Daquan might not be the same pressure that I can put on my kids mm -hmm. or that I can put on Tyrell or I can put an OB or can I put on any other members from, from the church. Or, and I, my expectations can't be the same for everybody. And that's what he's trying to tell them. And my thing is stuff like that. I've been thinking about this for a while just – stuff that halts uh progression mm. that you can't you can't do the same thing expect a different result that's right you got to be willing and able to adapt 
so even even with me, another shameless plug, like I don't I don't teach every kid the same because exactly. not everybody learns the same. I love that. So, you know, if I know that this kid is more of a visual person, okay, I'm gonna get my pen out, I'm gonna do a lot more writing, you know, that type of thing. So my thing is that it's it's troublesome for me when I see um churches not necessarily live up to their fullest potentials because of the fact that they're still preaching now how they would 20 years ago Mm. and it's hard but you know the bible does say that nothing's new under the sun but things are getting repackaged and remixed and re you know resurfaced in different ways so you got to find ways to adapt and and speak to people the way they might need to hear it yeah on a certain sunday you know, you can't just keep, <laughs> all right, so this is how we're going to do it. Oh, this We just did it, you know, and look at how it did with them. You got to be willing to willing and able to switch it up so that way, you know, we're all able to move forward as a body. And that's pretty much what Jesus did when he came through in the first place. Like he was just like, all right, so you know the Old Testament, but here's something else. That's here's the something new wineskin that he's talking about. I love that. That's it. And you know what you know what that what that was? Yeah, the laws are nice. They're not working because your heart is still not in the right place. So I'm not coming to do away with the law. I'm coming to fulfill the law, but I'm coming to show you grace. And that's what stepped in. That was the new norm where I'm not gonna judge you based on you breaking this law. Are there consequences to our actions? Yes, there are. But it doesn't mean that you have to be unforgiven for the rest of your life. The Lord wants to forgive you for your mistakes and for your mishaps or whatever it is you're going through right now. You don't have to be stuck. I'm working on that personally because I work in the school. So if Monday a kid makes me mad, I'm like, all right, Tuesday is a new day. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Got to treat every day like it's different, a new opportunity to do something different than yesterday. That's right. And and the thing is, is that these Pharisees, they've been like, well, like we said, they've been following these laws forever. And so he comes, here comes Jesus and he's trying to teach something, you know, okay, if, if, if you're following these laws and you break them, you know, you're not applying grace, not to anyone else or even to yourself. Mm-hmm. So you need me to die for you so that you can receive grace. And forgiveness. And it's possible. It's like you said, you know, this gentleman that we know, uh, you know, you're going to stop helping them because they should know better. And so the Pharisees were supposed to know better, but yet there was Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What do you mean they know not what they do? They've heard the prophecies. They know that this is supposed to happen, but yet they didn't know because they didn't recognize because Mm -hmm. you can't learn the word of God just to get by, just to look and appear a certain way. You need to learn the word of God so that you can know him, so that you can be confident in what you know. Amen, amen. And with that, we we leave you. Thank you, uh, Sarita. Thank you, Daquan. Um, this is a new year, a new opportunity for you to uh, to grow, to learn, and to love. This has been Living 412. We thank you. God bless.